Are you trying to create a podcast but don't have the money for all the equipment it takes? Maybe not so great with all the editing? Not sure how to distribute your podcast once you have everything recorded? Well, look no further because Anchor is here to help. Anchor is the easiest way to make podcasts. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or phone. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And best of all, it's free. We looked at so many different distribution websites before finding Anchor and wish we had found it sooner. They even set you up with sponsors they think will fit the vibe of your podcast, which you can accept or decline at any time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy podcasting! This week on Morbidly Intoxicated, we talk about the mysterious disappearance of Bryce Lespisa. Hey, you want to grab a drink? Sierra. Hi, Lily. What do you got for me this week? I got some weird stuff for you this week. This is a case that, um, so I originally found this case with Crime Junkie Mm -hmm. about a year ago. They have a really good episode on this case as well, if you want to check that out. This case has stuck with me. Do we have an episode name for that? It's uh, Missing Bryce Lispisa. Okay. Yeah, they don't do episode uh, numbers. Okay, so it's just one of their... But it's one of their earlier-ish ones. Okay. This case has stuck with me. It's just so strange and, like, unexplainable that when I think about it, I literally get chills every time I think about it, so I'm going to have a million chills during this episode. I already have opinions. (laughs) Oh, I think we probably have the same opinions that everyone has. So I've listened to um, Crime Junkie's episode. I also listened to Morbid's episode. Mm -hmm. It's episode 109, The Mysterious Disappearance of Bryce Lispisa. I listen to both those podcasts, and they pretty much have the same opinions that I think most people have. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I also used a source called truecrimesociety.com mm-hmm. about the Bryce Lispisa case. Also, there's a Facebook group titled Find Bryce Lispisa that's run by people that know him and his family and all that. Oh, awesome. Uh, where you can, you can get information on the case and pictures and also submit tips. So if you know anything or you want to check that out. I just want to start off by saying... I hate unsolved cases. I I don't know. I just... She can't stand it. She can't stand the, the not knowing. Yes. I want there to be an ending. That sucks for you today. <laughs> no, but so those are all the sources that I use. There's not a ton on this case, so you basically just find the timeline of what happened everywhere. Okay. So those are the few sources that I used. So let's get into it. Bryce Lespisa was born on April 30th, 1994 in Illinois to parents Karen and Michael Lespisa. There's not a lot of information about his childhood, but by all accounts of people who knew him, he seemed to live a happy, normal life. After graduating from Naperville High School in 2012, he began attending Sierra College in Chico, California to study graphics and industrial design. His parents had recently retired to Laguna, California, about 450 miles, which is roughly six and a half hours away from Bryce's college. Mm-hmm. 
In August of 2013, Bryce began his sophomore year at Sierra College, and his friends and family remember him saying he was eager and excited to return to school. Bryce lived on campus with his roommate and best friend Sean Dixon and had a girlfriend who lived nearby named Kim Sly. Family said that he was normal and happy during the summer, but friends reported that the two weeks after he got back to school, he began heavily drinking, finishing a bottle of liquor by himself in one weekend. And he started using Vyvanse, which is a similar drug to Adderall, in order to stay up to play video games all night. I, whatever happened to good old monster energy? Right. College, man. Damn, it's insane. Like Adderall? Yeah, people literally, Jesus. like, I've, people I know who, like, went to, like, college and they stayed in the dorms, they're like, everybody sold Adderall. <gasps> literally. And everybody took Adderall. <laughs> I, okay, so I grew up with an addict, and... All this shit still surprises me. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you can buy it's Adderall? It's insane. And Adderall is an extremely addictive drug. Yeah, it is. And you should never be taking it if you don't have a prescription. Right, exactly. Because if you don't need it, like... I know a lot of people, too, when they get prescribed it, they don't like to take it because they're like, oh, it makes me feel like a zombie. Yeah. But if you... So if you need it, then it just basically levels you out. Mm-hmm. And like with ADHD and ADD... you're missing that, like, chemical in your body. Right. But if you don't have either of those or something that needs Adderall, then you kind of get that whole, like, rush of energy and you're really focused on stuff, which is Mm -hmm. why people use it, like, especially during finals weeks, like, a lot of people will take Adderall. Which is fucking insane. Don't ever take prescription (laughs) drugs that aren't prescribed to you. That aren't prescribed to you. Okay, so his roommate said that sometimes he would stay up for days at a time. Dude. Yeah. To play video games. To play video Bruh. games. <laughs> On August 26, 2013, Bryce began his classes. He called his mother to tell her how his first day went, and she recalls him sounding normal and happy. However, two days later on August 28th, Bryce's roommate, Sean, grew concerned with his behavior and decided to call Bryce's mother, Karen. He told her that Bryce wasn't acting like himself and that he had broken up with Kim over text saying, quote, you're better off without me. A couple of hours after Sean called Karen, Bryce called his mother. He said he was at Kim's house, about 90 miles from his place, and that Kim wouldn't give him his keys back. Kim got on the phone with Karen and told her that Bryce was acting very strange and had admitted that he took Vyvanse recently. Karen again talked to Bryce and told him that she was going to book a flight to be out there tomorrow, but Bryce told her, quote, don't make any reservations until I talk to you. I have a lot to talk to you about. Bryce insisted that he was fine, and Karen agreed that he sounded normal and told Kim to give him his keys back, but only if he promised to call her in the morning. Bryce left Kim's house at approximately 11.30 p.m. This is the first mistake she made. This is where I was, like, screaming. Because I remember listening to the Crime Junkie episode. I was screaming. I was like, why the fuck? Literally, two people in one day called you to tell you your son is not acting normal. Just give him his keys. Fuck it. Yeah. So the statement that I've heard in Crime Junkie was that Bryce told his mother that Kim was just upset that he had broken up with her because he had gone there to talk about the breakup. Mm -hmm. And he told her that she's just upset that I broke up with her so she won't give me her keys back. But Kim was blatantly like, no, he's acting really weird Mm -hmm. and he's not himself and I don't think that he's okay to drive. I remember reading that somewhere as well. Yeah. But but Karen? (laughs) Karen. But she said, give him his keys back that he sounds fine to me. So, Bryce left Kim's house at approximately 11.30 p.m. At around 1 a.m., an hour and a half after leaving Kim's apartment, Bryce's mom missed a call from him. She assumed it was just him telling her he was back home and didn't call him back. When phone records were pulled later on, it showed that Bryce was actually an hour south of his apartment in the opposite direction, 
in the middle of nowhere. Why wouldn't you call your kid back? If people are like, oh man, Bryce isn't acting right, Bryce isn't acting right. It's like, okay, but you need to call me. Why wouldn't you yeah. call him back? Yeah, He was just sitting in the middle of nowhere in a desolate area. At around 9 a.m., the Lisbises received a call from their insurance that roadside service had been requested on their Toyota Highlander, which was Bryce's car. Worried, they kept trying to call Bryce but couldn't get an answer. Trying to locate him, they began checking bank records. Bryce had a credit card in his parents' name to use while he was at college. They found a $20 charge for a place called Castro Tire and Gas that was located in Button Willow. Bryce's parents were confused but a little less worried because they thought he might be on his way home to them in Laguna Niguel. Which, correction for others, I just said Laguna, but it's Laguna Niguel, California. Uh, continuing on that road, he would have been to their house in about three hours. So they continued to call Bryce, but they still got no answer and they assumed that he might be driving. Mm-hmm. Three hours later, they still hadn't heard from Bryce and he hadn't arrived at home either. Beginning to worry again and still unable to get a hold of him, they decided to call Castro Tire and Gas. So they got a hold of a man named Christian, who is amazing. He's Christian a- invented the term Good Samaritan. Yes, he's he's an all-around just amazing person. I, I love you, Christian. <laughs> I love you. Christian explained that earlier in the day he had delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce because he had run out. This would have been enough for him to get to the nearest gas station in order to fill up his tank. Christian said that when he met Bryce, he seemed lucid and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Hearing how worried Bryce's parents were, Christian offered to drive the short distance back to where he'd met up with Bryce and see what was going on. He literally was like, why don't I, why don't I go back and I'll see like if he's there or if I can find him or whatever. Applause. Yes, Christian. Applause. When Christian got there, he found Bryce just sitting in his car. For three hours? He'd been there for roughly three and a half hours. Dude. Just sitting there. So Christian put Bryce on the phone with his mom, and when she asked him what he was doing, he simply responded, nothing. Literally, yeah, literally, you've been doing nothing. You've just been sitting here for three and a half hours in the middle of nowhere. So Christian said Bryce seemed okay, but his eyes, quote, looked a little red. Bryce told his parents he still had to get gas, but was now on his way to them. By this time, he should arrive at his parents' home around 3 p.m. So 3 p.m. came and went, and Bryce still hadn't shown up, and he hadn't called his parents. Did they try calling him? Yeah, so they began calling his phone again and eventually reported him missing when they couldn't get a hold of him. Around 9 p.m., their cell provider issued an emergency ping that showed Bryce had only moved eight miles in nine hours. That's like a mile chills. an hour. There's the first round of chills for me. Oh my god. This literally one mile an hour. Of <laughs> just about. What was yeah. he pushing? <laughs> So, California Highway Patrol was dispatched to Bryce's new location, where they found him just sitting in his car. They performed a field sobriety test, but found that he was sober, and no drugs or alcohol were found when they did a car search. Police reported that when asked to call his parents, Bryce seemed very reluctant to do so. Eventually, he asked officers if they would dial the number and hand him the phone. Like, he, he, didn't, want, he didn't want to call his parents. He didn't want to call his parents. Why? Why is a great question with all of this. So, around 10 p.m., Bryce again told his parents that he was fine. When his mom asked what he was doing, again, he said, I'm going to hang out with friends later. What friends? That was not the plan. Bro, you've been sitting here for nine hours. Right. What? Where Where are you going? What friends are you going with? And didn't you say that was, like, an hour and a half the opposite way of his, like, apartment? Yeah, just about. So, it's a little farther now because he moved eight miles. But, yeah, what? he had driven an hour and a half past his apartment towards his parents house but what friends does he have an hour and a half yeah and button willow's like 
a very small place. It's pretty much a desolate area. And it has, like, the little tire shop and gas station and stuff. It's also three hours from his parents' house. Like, oh. Where are you? What friends, bro? You're in the middle of nowhere. Dude, his imaginary friends. Yeah. So, credit card transactions show he did stop for gas at around 11 p.m., he bought the gas. He bought a drink at a Buttonwill station. Later in the night, Mike and Karen receive a call from Christian, the repair guy. He had missed a call from them when they were looking for Bryce when he didn't show up at 3 p.m. Right. They explained that to Christian and, and everything that had been happening, and Christian offers to go check on him again. Aww. I love Christian. <laughs> at this point, it's somewhere after 11 p.m. And he's still like... Yeah, that oh. he called them back. And was like, why don't I go out there again and see what's going on? Be a Christian. Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> Be like Christian. Be a person like Christian. I would do that. I know it for a fact. Yeah. Especially after listening to this case. Because I would think if something like this was happening, I would immediately think of this case. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm driving back out there. Right. Here's my thing. Okay. Which I know a lot of people have this opinion. Mm-hmm. Why didn't his parents drive out there? It's three hours. I When I first heard about this case, it stuck with me, and I was like, my parents would have driven out there. I flat out asked my mom. I was like, if this was happening with me, what would you do? She's like, I would get in the car, and I would go out to you and be like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, my parents would have been like, get in the car, because uh, we're going to get her, because something's, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Even though she sounds fine, she seems fine. She's not fine. She's been sitting in the middle of nowhere for nine hours. My mom, when I'm sick, and I'm like really sick, and I need to go to the doctor... She even comes and picks me up and offers to drive me. Even if I can drive myself. Literally. So I'm like, I don't want to victim blame, but what were you doing? What was so important at this point at night that you couldn't go figure out what the heck is going on with your son? I've driven eight hours to go pick up my mom. Like, Yeah, it was only three hours away. Yeah. That's, That's Flagstaff for us, and I literally have been driving there all the time lately. That's like, if you're going really slow, that's 150 miles. That's, that's my problem. So Christian goes back and Bryce is sitting in the same spot where the police left him. The same spot. He, okay, so he, had, he, he went and got gas and got a soda and drove back? Yeah. That's what it, that's what it says in the timeline. What? Is that he was in the same spot. That he had gone and gotten gas, which I think was like, I think he was close to the gas station. It doesn't, none of the timelines give me exact details, but then Christian found him in the same exact spot. That's ridiculous. Just sitting there. Because the, because the, Bryce's parents gave Christian the location of where the police said they found him. Now he's going zero miles an hour. <laughs> At this point, Christian escorts Bryce onto the highway so that he knows he's actually moving. So Christian literally follows him. He's like, I'm going to follow you onto the highway so I know you're headed to your parents' house. Right. And all that. So this is really where I have a problem is like, I would, I would, if I was his parents, uh, and I know I'm not, but if I was his parents... I would have asked Christian, can you stay with him or can you take him back to your shop and we'll come get him? Like, I would pay you money to stay so I know my son's safe. Yeah. Or I will pay you money to follow him the three hours home. Yeah. And Christian's all right. I bet you he would have done it. <laughs> he is like He's 19? gone back twice. So Yeah, Bryce was 19. 19? At the time of this. Yeah, Christian seems like a nice dude. He, he would have done it. He would have mm-hmm. done it. Waited with him or taken him back or followed him there, I I believe. Yeah. I would have if I was in Christian's position. Oh, absolutely. But like, yeah, because this is suspicious. I'm a little freaked out by whatever your son is going through right now. Yeah. 
So Karen stayed on the phone with Christian till Bryce was on the road and then continued to call Bryce periodically, asking where he was and for landmarkers as he drove. All Bryce would say is that he was on the I-5 South, but that it was, quote, too dark to see any signs. He kept repeating, my GPS says I'll be there at 325 a.m. At 1.50 a.m., Bryce called his mother to tell her that he had accidentally gotten off the I-5, but was now back on and headed in the right direction. The last call Bryce made to his mother was at 2.08 a.m. He was too tired to drive and said that he had pulled off the I-5 again and was going to sleep for a few hours in his car. At this point, he'd been awake for almost 48 hours. Oh my god. Karen agreed that he should rest. You can rest when you get here in an hour and a half. Yeah. Or, okay, where are you pulling off? I'll meet you there. My family's very much, you know, because my sister... And my dad both used to live in Flagstaff, so, like, driving back and forth. So, like, if you get tired, like, pull over. Don't drive Don't drive tired. Right. But, like, maybe, I don't know, a truck stop or something somewhere, like, not sketchy. And also with everything... And that's that's without the other circumstances in this case. Mm-hmm. You're an hour and a half away. Get out and do some jumping jacks like, and get home. Yeah, like, like morbid... What with his parents too? Like Morbid made a good point. They're like, "Your kid's been acting like this and acting strange clearly this whole time. His friends are telling you he's acting strange. What are you doing? You're going to bed. Yeah. You're going to bed. I wouldn't be able to sleep. No. So, um, what did Morbid say? She said, "You're you're just gonna go to sleep, so you might as well get in your car and drive." Like, yeah, yeah. You're just gonna be sitting there waiting, so you might as well get in your car and drive. Dude, my mom will see car accidents with just a silver car, and she'll pull over and call me. Even if she knows where I am, and she's like, where are you? <laughs> Literally. Are you okay? Yeah. He's an hour and a half away. My sister lives an hour and a half away. I make that drive all the time. That's nothing. And it's definitely nothing if something's wrong. Like, it's it's yeah. not, it's about to be a 30-minute drive, let me tell you that, if something's wrong. So, Karen tells him, okay, pull over. However, we know now that Bryce did not pull off the highway to sleep. Instead, he drove another 90 minutes to Castaic Lake. At 2.15 a.m., CCTV footage shows Bryce driving along Lake Hughes Road, minutes after he'd spoken to his mother. The same camera caught his car going the same direction at 4.29 a.m. Where did he I go? full body chills. Did he make a big circle? Yeah. That's, I, I looked at the maps and, and stuff. So the camera caught his license plate at 2.15 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then he would have had to drive like all the way down and around and come back down in order to hit that camera again. So it was 2.15 and then 4.29 a.m. He drove for two hours in a circle. What was he doing? Yeah. What was he doing? Driving in a circle. <laughs> that That's the part that sticks with me, that the same camera caught him going the same direction mm-hmm. two hours later. I have full body chills right now. Mm-hmm. It, it freaks me out. Yeah. At 8 a.m. on August 31st, there was a knock on the Lispisa's door. Relieved Bryce was home, Karen flung open the door, but instead found two Highway Patrol officers. Highway Patrol asked Mike and Karen if they owned a 2003 Toyota Highlander, to which they said yes, informing them that it was their son Bryce's car. Police told them that at 5.30 that morning, the car had been found abandoned off an access road at Castaic Lake, only two hours from their home. That's an hour after the camera picked it up. Yeah. So yeah, that was, they found his car an hour, only an hour after he had last been seen on camera. Um, So they found the car, but Bryce was nowhere to be seen. The vehicle was found on its side at the bottom of a 25-foot embankment off the access road near the lake. The back window had been kicked out from the inside. Inside the car was Rice's laptop, cell phone, wallet, 
A duffel bag was found open near the rear of the car, and investigators believe Bryce took something out of the duffel bag after escaping the crash. There were small amounts of Bryce's blood throughout the car, but not enough to suggest a serious injury. Tire tracks matching Bryce's car were located at the top of the embankment that showed Bryce had descended at a very high speed and never tried to brake. From the view at the top of this road, especially at night, it looks as if you'll go straight off into the lake, but people don't know that there's an embankment that then hits the street that his car was found on. This led investigators to think that Bryce was trying to drive off the road into the lake, which kind of seems likely because he was driving at a really high speed and he didn't brake. And so, and yeah, at the top of the hill, it looks like it just goes off straight into the lake. But there's actually like a, like a cliff that you come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so sad. Before you hit the lake. So search parties began flooding the area, but none of the ground searches turned up anything. Divers were sent into the lake for several days, but also turned up nothing. In the midst of the search, firefighters were sent to put out a brush fire and discovered that a burning body had been the cause of it. It wasn't Bryce. Okay. Yeah. That's still sad, but... The body turned out to be 35-year-old Lamondre Dion Miles, who was shot multiple times before his body was set on fire after he failed to pay back a debt he owed. <gasps> That's terrible. Yeah, it's really sad. So, after that, tracking dogs were brought in to help aid the search, and they tracked Bryce's scent from the vehicle across the nearby dam to a truck stop, and that's when they lost the scent. So, going back to that other guy real quick, did they catch his... Yeah, there was, later on there was three guys charged in that case. So okay. that's a solved case now. Good, good. Yeah. So that's good at least. So tracking dogs were brought in to help aid the search and they tracked Bryce's scent from the vehicle across the nearby dam to a truck stop where, the, where they lost the scent. The running theory seems to be that Bryce tried to take his own life but survived the car crash and wandered to the truck stop catching a ride from someone there. So you think someone out there knows something, and they're just not going to come forward. Uh-huh. The search was officially called off after three weeks, but his family continues to look. While investigating his disappearance, a few interesting things came up about Bryce in the weeks leading to his disappearance. Mm-hmm. He gave away a pair of diamond earrings his mother had gotten him, along with his Xbox that he gave to his roommate, Sean. On the night that this all started, Bryce texted Sean saying, quote, I love you, bro. Seriously. You're the best person I've ever met, and you saved my soul. End quote. That's terrifying. Yeah. So Sean said that he never had the feeling Bryce was suicidal, and that he believes he just took off to find himself. Bryce had even promised his friends that he'd be back on Labor Day. But so, I mean, if you're going to go kill yourself, I don't think you're going to tell your friends about it. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know how I feel, because him not slowing down at the embankment is like... If, and it looks like that you're going to go off the lake. Or off into the lake. But then... So there, there's another theory that in the car crash he hit his head and he doesn't remember who he is. Mm. But I don't really give that one like much stake. Just because I feel like if you woke up in a car crash and you're like, who am I? Then you would go to the hospital or have someone take you there. If, or not just like wander off. Well, especially yeah. if... So if... Let's say that second theory is true... I'm sure his name was plastered everywhere. Yes, like he would have seen it. Yeah, he would have been like, oh shit, that's me. Yeah, so I don't really give much to that theory. I think it's more likely that something happened and something triggered him or the mix of the alcohol and the vivance and the lack of sleep kind of made him have like a, 
like a break, like mental break or something. Mm -hmm. And he either like missed the embankment, like just wasn't paying attention because he, he did say he was tired, so he could have fallen asleep at the wheel, at right. the wheel, and went off the embankment or tried to go off the embankment, failed to like end up in the lake, obviously, and um, and then got up and. Walked to the truck stop and was like, well, I'm out of here. I'm just going to start over. That's insane. That's I mean, crazy. if you think about it in, like, kind of a morbid light, like, if he was trying to commit suicide and he failed, he might have been like, actually, like, I'm happy that that failed, but I still don't want my life. Right. And so I'm just going to start over somewhere else. Yeah. I know that's, like, dark, but it's all kind of dark. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, so, Bryce has been missing for seven years now. While a handful of people have said they may have spotted him, none of those tips ever panned out. Bryce's family has a page on Facebook titled Find Bryce Lespisa, where you can find photos of Bryce, follow updates, and submit tips. Uh, we'll be posting the photos, but I encourage you to take a look at the Facebook page or even Google pictures of Bryce. He would be 26 years old today. He was 19 when he went missing. At the time, he was 5'11", 170 pounds. He's got bright red hair and green eyes. He also has a large tattoo on his left shoulder of a Taurus head with his birthday in Roman numerals. So, he's got a distinct appearance, and I'm going to show you a picture. I do remember his red hair. Yeah, so this is him with his parents. Aww. That's a distinct face. So, I feel like if you saw him, you would be like... You would know him if you saw him. It makes me want to cry. I know, it's really sad. And he's got such a great smile. Morbid talks about that, too. I know. He's just like... Damn, he's got some red hair. I know. And then this is a picture of the tattoo he has. It's huge, and it's distinctive. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really big. That's, like, halfway down your his bicep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I definitely suggest going and looking at the photos. Look at them again if you've already seen them, because when it comes to missing person cases... The more people who see the photos, the more people who know about it, the more likely that they might be spotted. Right. So, the theories. Um, so, we kind of went over the suicide theory already. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little strange, though, because earlier on, too, he had told his mom, like, don't, don't book a flight because I have a lot to tell you. And so, I constantly think of that because I'm like, what did he have to tell her? Right. He said, I have, I don't book a flight until I talk to you. I have a lot to talk to you about. Like, what, what was it? And then if you're thinking of, like, him sitting in his car and, like, to me that says, you know, he's sitting there contemplating something. He's thinking about something. And yeah. maybe what he has to tell his mom, he's scared to talk to her about. Mm -hmm. And then this could have spiraled from there. So it's like, what happened? Like, what triggered that? And his friend said, too, that he wasn't, he wasn't a big drinker until he came back from summer. Right. And then he started drinking a ton of alcohol, taking Vyvanse, which kind of tells me, like, he was trying to forget about something. I constantly think that. I'm like, maybe, maybe he witnessed something, you know? Maybe, maybe he did something by accident or got, dr like, drugged into something over summer or, like, who knows. Something but, happened to him. Right. And... That's what I was thinking. I'm like, what did he have to tell his mother? Yeah. And then when the head injury left, willing, um, his... Friend said that he could have just left willingly to go find himself and, and start over. Right. And then, obviously, there could have been something with foul play that we don't know about. You know, possibly he got into something bad and that's what made him start drinking. Or he left willingly and then he was met with foul play. You know, he got into someone's truck. Right. Yeah. And then who knows what happened. Mm -hmm. So there is a theory that says 
that brings up his use of violence and that he had a previous charge of drug possession. Reddit.com's forum, What Do You Think Happened to Bryce Lespisa, talks about if he was meeting a drug dealer, that could be why he was sitting in the same spot for so long. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. The user Mama B 52 says that when she was an addict, she would sit in the same spot for a long time waiting for her dealer because if she moved, there was a chance she'd miss him and that wouldn't, then she wouldn't be able to score for that night. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. that makes sense. People the do only, a lot of crazy things to get drugs. Right. So that could make sense why he was sitting in the same area and like out in the middle of nowhere where people couldn't really witness him buying drugs. For 13 hours. Right. But there was no phone calls or texts to anyone besides his parents for 13 hours. So, hmm. I mean, uh, you'd think he would be texting his drug dealer <laughs> or calling right. them. Right. Another theory, like I was saying, if he saw something, I know Morbid brought this up too, is that he could be in witness protection. Right. Because he's over the age of 18, so he wouldn't have to tell his parents, and mm. they obviously tell you, like, you you can't tell people that you're going into WITSEC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that could be something. I mean, it makes sense to me. You don't want any, like, anybody to know. Yeah, so if he, maybe he went home for summer, and just spitting a theory out here, there was a previous drug charge when he was younger, um, so maybe he was, uh, let's see, I think he was in possession. Yeah, previous drug possession charge, so maybe he was dealing or trying to buy, and something went sideways, and he was a witness to it. And that's what he's been stressed about, and drinking, and all that, and yeah. then, like, finally came forward to the police or something, and then, and then, I mean, I, as far as I know, they don't, you know, crash your car off the side of the road to... Take you into witness protection. No. But who knows? Could be something like that. We really don't know. No. Um, yeah, another point that Morbid brought up was that if the police did find him, that they don't have an obligation to tell his parents where he is because he's over the age of 18. Oh, that's true. My okay. only problem with that is obviously, I mean, he hasn't used any of the credit cards or his social security number or his license, and he didn't even take those things with him. Yeah. So he would have had to completely start over, and you can't do that. Well, maybe <laughs> the thing that he took out of his bag was a fake ID, fake passport, right. credit cards. Because if he was, going back to the theory, he was going to start over. Mm-hmm. If he was going to start over... I'm sure you can buy that kind of stuff in college. True. I'm, I'm, you can buy Adderall, so... <laughs> right, I'm almost positive. Like, I'm, and worse substances. I feel like I've heard so many stories of like people just printing out fake IDs in their car, you know? Yeah. I know that's something that a lot of people stick on, including myself, is like, what did he take out of the duffel bag? Yeah. Why did he even have the duffel bag with him? Yeah, I want to know. So, I want to know. I want to know. You don't get to know. <laughs> Maybe someday, Lily. This is this is why I don't like I don't like these cases and it's not that I don't like hearing about them it's not that I don't like talking about them for everyone that's about it's to come frustrating for me. it though. is it's frustrating and I am an obsessive person and I will think about this for the next like 2 weeks Oh yeah I haven't stopped thinking about this case since I listened to it on Crime Junkie like a year ago I'm in a spiral I'm always like but what happened to it yeah. cuz it's just so strange like the thing, and I, I just got chills again. The thing that just gets me so much is just sitting in your car. Yeah. Like, if that was me, something's wrong. Like, I'm not just, I mean, I, I love to go, like, sit out on, like, you know, like, up the mountains or something and, mm-hmm. like, look out over the city in my car and stuff. I'm not going to sit there for 13 hours. 
And if I was coming back from college or a road trip and I'm just, like, sitting on the side of the road for 13 hours, like, something's wrong. You know, and my car's perfectly fine and I ended up getting gas and all that. And my parents would have come and got me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to victim blame them. I understand their, their son is missing and I feel for them. But you got to look out for people. Right, exactly. You know, even if it's a friend or a significant other or, or your kid... Or your parent. Right, exactly. You know, something's wrong. People have been telling you something's wrong. Now he's acting strange. Whether Okay, that's fine if people are going and talking to him and he seems lucid. Why is he sitting there for 13 hours? Mm-hmm. Something's not okay. Yeah. People can fake it till they make it, dude. Like, and he, and Christian said his eyes were red. Like, he could have been sitting there crying. Oh. Like, that's so sad to think about. Or, or he could have been on drugs, but he passed the sobriety test. Yeah. They didn't breathalyze him or take blood, you know? Like, I. That's what the biggest thing for me. And I'm sorry, Karen and Michael, but come on. Come on. That's your kid. I know. They probably kick themselves in the ass every day, though. Yeah, we, I know, we, I know uh, we don't need to do that for them. No. But just for anyone else listening to this, like, your kid starts acting weird like that, go get them. How much of an inconvenience can it be for you? To make sure your kid's okay. No. I do that with my friends. Like, if my friends need anything, I'm like, dude, text me. If you need me to yeah. pick you up from, like, anywhere, text me. If your date is going wrong, text me. Right. If you're in trouble, we have, text My friends me. and I have code words. Like, if I call you or text you and they, like, send me a certain word, if they're on a date, I will call them, I will call them like, screaming or crying or whatever needs to be done to be like, you have to leave right now. Like, no. So I don't have a I don't have a code word. I probably should have one. But when I was on a terrible date, well, actually, I don't need one right now. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was on a ter- terrible date, I texted Kelly, and I was like, "I need you to call me, and I'm gonna put you on speakerphone and just start crying." Literally. And bitch, she pulled it out. Yeah. Like you gotta. But if your friends would do that for you, find new friends. Right. Find new friends, no matter what. You, what gender you are. Find new friends. <laughs> they gotta have your back. My family has a code word still. Really? Yeah. That, yeah. like, when people would come to the door or, or, like, if we called each other or anything and it was like, I'm not gonna tell you what it is, obviously, but... Right. <laughs> but if it's, like, something fishy's going down or they're like, oh, like, my, like, your mom sent me to pick you up or blah, blah, blah. We're like, okay, what's the code word, dude? Spaghetti. You know? You're like, uh-huh. you don't know the code word, do you? So get the fuck away from me. Bye. And I'm like, I would just say... Come up with a code word with your friends, or I mean, that's everyone's got a phone with emojis. Like, pick an yeah. emoji you don't use regularly and be like, Hey, I'm going on a date. If I send you this emoji, like, call me. Like the fucking Eiffel Tower or yeah. something. Yeah, share your location. Please share your location. My location's on 24 7, just for you mine guys. Is, I think mine is, I need to add you to that, but yeah. I think mine is too. You, you and Robert check. can check my location. Yeah, you want. share your location. I would share 24-7 with the people closest to you. You know, at least one of your friends. Mm -hmm. One of your closest friends or your mom or dad or sister or brother, whatever. Whoever you feel comfortable with, at least one person should have your location Mm 24-7. And then if you're going on a date, you're going to meet someone to buy something off Facebook Marketplace, you're going to a job interview, who the hell knows. So let us know what you think happened. Um, I think there's a possibility he's out there just living a completely different life. He got into a truck at the truck stop and he started over. Right. Yeah. Go look at the pictures. Check out the Facebook page. Crime Junkie and Morbid have episodes. Uh, TrueCrimeSociety.com has the entire timeline. 
Mm-hmm. Um, check out his pictures. Keep an eye out. I mean, he's got bright red hair. Did you? He could be coloring it, but he's got a giant tattoo on his arm. The Facebook page is called Find Bryce Lafisa. No, I seriously still think about this case all the time. I would too. You can. Well, we'll post him as well, but you can check out. There's a map of like the the lake, and there's pictures of his car, how it was found, mm-hmm. and like telling you like where the camera was and the embankment, like what it looked like. Is there footage? Mm, no, there. No. There's a um, the picture of that the camera snapped, and then there's the picture of his car after they found it. Okay. And lots of pictures of him and his family and all that. I think it's crazy because, I mean, given the circumstances, I feel like we would have found his body if, like, if he had, like, crawled out of the car, but then, because there was a nearby forest and stuff, mm-hmm. like, and then, like, died in the forest, they would have found his body or something right. like that. I feel like he was really out there, which is crazy because, yeah, he could color his hair, but he's got a massive bicep tattoo. He has a very distinct looking face, A too. very distinct face, even without the red hair. A very distinct face, right. but especially if he still has red hair. And a massive Taurus head tattoo with his birthday in Roman numerals. Yeah. So you're like... I just... I don't know. I always get... I always get the comment, like... Oh, have we met before? I feel like I know you. You look familiar. Like, I have a very common face. He has a distinct face. Yeah. Super distinct. I think if I saw him, and I know Crime Junkie said this as well, but I think if I saw him, I would know yeah. that it was him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just from the photos I've seen, like, a handful of times, I'd be like, uh, hey, what's your name? <laughs> oh, got any tattoos? Got Have any parents looking for you, dude? Did you used to drive a Toyota Highlander? Oh, <laughs> Where'd you go to college? Questions. <laughs> Do you know a, ma- a guy named Sean and a girl named Kim? Huh? 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 Hmm? Christian? Christian? <laughs> what if Christian? You ever did Christian? <gasps> there's a theory of that. <gasps> yeah, but I don't believe it. I don't think there's any evidence for that. No. At all. Don't come for Christian. Christian's a sweetheart. That's a good Samaritan right there. And not not at Christian at all, but I would have been like, after all this, bro, I would have told him, get in my car. I would have handcuffed him to my car. Mm -hmm. Just because if that was someone I knew, I would want someone to do that. I ask Robert this all the time. I'm like, what would you do if I just like disappeared? And he was like, what do you mean disappeared? I was like, if somebody came and took me, what would you do? He was like, well, that's not going to happen. I was like, you don't marry someone rich. (laughs) <laughs> I want to talk about that and I want to give a shout out to Crime Junkie for their uh, if you listen to that podcast you know that Ashley Flowers has a if I go missing folder I love that everyone they talk about that a lot in this case mm-hmm. in, in their episode of it everyone should have a if I go missing folder basically it has like your login info um, like basically a bank information login info your like find my iPhone or whatever type of phone thing you have and stuff like that and mm-hmm. you can Either keep it in a place where, like, people will know when they need it, like, and tell, like, your significant other, your parents, siblings, friends, whatever, but someone should know that, like, where that is or have a copy of that. Because the biggest thing is, like, it takes days to subpoena phone records and bank information and all that, but if you had the login info, you could see, like, okay, they made this transaction an hour ago in this location. Yeah. So let's go there. I would like to make another recommendation, because in our house, we have a binder full of all our important paperwork, documents, you know, I have my my license in there, my esthetician license. Mm-hmm. If our house burns down, we have that there. It's for if anything happens and we need to grab our, our important stuff mm. quickly, 
it's all in there. Our socials, birth certificate, and it, like everything. Yeah. Keep that stuff in one spot. And you can buy put, fireproof boxes too. Put, put that damn folder in that binder. If you make a, if I go missing folder, put it in that binder. Yeah. Because it's always going to be there. Everyone in the house knows where it is. Mm-hmm. Just and I, I think right now I'm thinking of uh, my boyfriend now where he's paranoid about anyone having this information. Um, who cares? <laughs> Your information's already out there, sorry. It's out there. I'd rather someone, like, not that I know anyone that would do that, I don't think, but I'd rather someone, like, find out where that was and steal my passwords and have to change everything or something than have my family have to struggle to get information on me if I go missing. So, like, if you're paranoid about leaving that folder around like keep it in a safe place only like lock it in a drawer only give one other person the key right or something like that but people should be able to have that information on you so they don't have to jump through all these hoops to find out if you've used your credit card where your phone's at blah blah blah. also who in your family is gonna go into your folder and steal all your passwords right or like your friends well if you think your friend's gonna do that don't tell that friend where the folder is (laughs) So let us know what you think. You can email us at morbidlyintoxicatedpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at morbidlyintoxicatedpod. You can find us on our website at morbidlyintoxicated.wixsite.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash morbidlyintoxicatedpod. Thank you to Kelly Carroll for our awesome artwork. And if you didn't see, she added cute little Santa hats to our artwork. So go like our photo for right. so we can get all the validation that we need. <laughs> and you can find her at Art by Kelly on Instagram. That's Kelly with an I. Shout out to Taylor Hertz who did our amazing theme music. He also added little jingles to it for the month of December. We're which, so festive. Which we're going to use every year, by the way. Yeah. So. He has a website and it's taylorhertz.com. And thank you to Javi, who did our awesome photography. We also posted another photo that he took of us recently. So go like that one as well. And he's at Orange Javi on Instagram.